love ELO? Of course you do. What kind of dim-witted jughead doesn't? Then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Every week, I, Eric Paul Johnson, and my co-host, Eric Winsenson, take a song by the Electric Light Orchestra, give the song facts, the history, discuss, tear apart, dig deep into the song itself, give our opinions, chart facts about the singles, and we even consult with the future of humanity on their opinion of the Electric Light Orchestra. So if you don't want to be a dim-witted jughead, then listen to Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episodes post every Saturday at midnight Eastern Time and can be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Mixcloud, TuneIn, and iHeart. That was stupid as a butthead. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with the creator and star of the online uh, YouTube sensation that is Lawn de Cat. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, That's perfect. Speaking, <laughs> thank you. I'm speaking to Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Thanks for being here. Hope Hello. you're okay. Hello, Marv. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to come on. So... When you started this up, um, what? Because I mean, the way I look at it, I, I enjoy I enjoy the videos very much that you make. It it's it's an interesting one because you're you're sort of playing two two people in a couple. Um, yeah. Um, so it's is it the male is lawn and then the female is I'm trying to remember the name of the female Cindy. Cindy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so it's about their relationship, and it's to me. I, I don't know if this is in the intention or anything, but to me, it's like it reminds me. It's almost like a, a modern uh, satire in a sense, but also with a very, like most good satire, it has a very good um, uh, meaning behind it, or or it's you know it's a very strong meaning behind it, where it's about the way that a couple male and female couple you know would look at look at a relationship from different angles or they look at things differently to each other and I think it perfectly fits that but it doesn't get too um dark or serious with it there's that element of humor in there and also that I've got to say there's some really good bits of um um out there weirdness occasionally as well (laughs) so what was your inspiration in in actually starting to do these videos yeah so first i have to say i love hearing feedback on the layers of impressions people get from my work it's like because i'm doing it all myself so like the performing the writing the filming the editing um i'm so in my own zone that like when i get to hear these other layers like one it's super rewarding but two it's like I understand my work with more dimension when I see other people's perspectives. Um, and yeah, there's definitely that like, you know, very much interwoven the, the relationship dynamics um, and the differences. And it actually like um, 
just started with Lauren as a main character. Like I never expected to be sharing my work with other people. I just like started playing around with video and experimenting. And Lauren started off as this character that would get, you know, overwhelmed and had these very interesting ways of coping um, that didn't make them very good at relationships. Um, But as I've like kept going, I've been able to really add like layers of depth into who Lauren is, who Cindy is and how like (laughs) their dysfunction is kind of harmonious in how like it works for each other. Um, And so there's just been a lot of inspirations with like, I, I love the psychology of who people are. I find it so interesting, like who we are and what we're willing to present out to others. And then also like who we are secretly to ourselves and also who we are um, in our closer relationships. And I just think it's such a interesting play on this. Like, I feel like my work is like, you know, honest, but also bizarre. And I've also had feedback where people are like, I relate to this one part of Lauren, for example, you know, Lauren is more of an exaggeration, but it makes me feel more normal. And I just find there's just so many layers of um, my day to day life and processing that influence me. And then, you know, when I was younger, like, for example, you know, kids in the hall, or, you know, we had cable TV. So I, you know, Seinfeld or whatever, or, or Monty Python, um, like a I do layers of animation um, in my work, but also like I liked the in-between scenes in Monty Python where there was like this really surreal art um, and that just like, I don't know why it just really, I kind of felt mesmerized by it. So I realized like, as I didn't intend to do all this work as I'm doing it, there's layers of influence that as I produce something, I realize, oh, like there is this aspect, like some people have compared my stuff um, some some of it, because I have a variety of styles, is like a little bit Lynchian as far as like that weird seriousness, but it's very deadpan sarcasm. Um, and then also like, I really liked how you added that piece about like, it's kind of satire, like it feels unreal, real in these layered ways. So yeah, thanks. That's okay. I mean, the uh, the Monty Python uh, that, you, that you allude to there, that that's the Terry Gilliam m- m- uh, in inserts isn't it with the animation i mean i i love the uh, the sketches that they did but but then i always found that when i've watched uh, monty python and and actually terry's work outside of python as well i've i've oh. loved that almost I... surrealistic side that he used to throw into there with these animations and these little clips that he used to put in there and then he carried that into his own film uh, film career as well after after Monty Python. Yeah, I I actually haven't checked out his work. I realized like um I that I'm just glad you said that. So I'm gonna go look him up <laughs> because I, I love that stuff. <laughs> so so Terry Gilliam, you're you're looking at uh he's the man who who came up with the Twelve Monkeys film. Um, oh the, the Fisher okay. King with uh, with Jeff Bridges. That's that's uh, Terry Gilliam. Uh, oh, time okay, bandits, so I do know. Yeah, and Time Bandits and Brazil. Brazil is a wow. That's an incredible oh, yeah. film. Um, yeah. So there you go. You see, that's Terry Gilliam. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, I sometimes I forget what I know because I'm I'm terrible at uh, name memory. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you listed it off some of those films, and I was like, oh yeah, that definitely has influenced me. Has that like 
honest darkness in a way. Like it's just in the psychology of all that I find so interesting. So I'll split it into two. First of all, how did the idea come in the first place for you to, to do these videos and the actual idea of the two characters in the relationship? Yeah. So I think it started with Lauren. Like, um, I was just like playing with a character who can't cope and goes into daydream. Um, which is pretty simple. Uh, and I added Cindy in and also the first video where I was really experimenting was a longer form. And it was essentially um, Lauren and Cindy in a therapist's office trying to get their relationship uh, working. And it's very different than what I'm doing now. I, I realize, like, especially when, because I'm playing all the parts, like I've worked very hard at focusing on um, them being different and who are they and what are their nuances and also working hard on like, um, you know, the facial expressions and the cadence in which they speak and all of that. So it's it's interesting because like, I feel like my process has been um, a really great arc in development, but also slow because I realize like when I'm doing it all, um, taking my time with it to really connect with my work has given me different opportunities. Like I haven't written myself into a corner where I'm like, oh shoot, these characters overlap too much or um, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's so different than when it started. There's more depth. Like originally there was a lot of play on Cindy being intense and Lauren uh, withdrawing. Now I'm adding layers to like, you know, how do they work together? Like, you know, why does Lauren stay with someone like Cindy who's overwhelming? And like, why does Cindy like, you know, for how much uh, Lauren recoils at her, she feels very secure because she knows Lauren is an incredibly needy human being. And for her, that feels rewarding. Um, and Lauren uh, is cool with being catered to. So it's that psychology, too, of people who um, they're like, you know, don't tell me what to do, but please take care of me. Um, <laughs> I think that's that's kind of Lauren. <laughs> yeah, it, they've, they've, they've got this um, almost com comfort with each other that they that they are enjoying with each other. So that is what they've got in common, is it, you think? Yeah, like, and I think that <laughs> they're, I mean, so Cindy has a very intense personality. Like, she's someone who, her mind is always racing. Yep. She processes information much faster than I can. And she's also someone where, you know, she starts talking about something. It's something she's never thought about before. But before she knows it, that's the thing she wants, she has to have, and she has to convince Lauren or whoever else that it has to happen, which in a way is like, that's a Cindy thing. But in a less extreme way, like how many people have we known where, you know, you're in an argument and something's getting pushed, but it's not really the thing the person wants. They're just feeling unsettled. So they're, you know, pushing it in that direction. So that's definitely, you know, Cindy's groove. And with Lauren, like Lauren knows that no matter what Cindy's, she's so dedicated to them that there's no doubt that Lauren is wanted. And I think that like, as much as Lauren's overwhelmed by things, knowing Lauren's going to be taken care of and that, uh, you know, Cindy will never look at anyone else is comforting. And um, also too, like the psychology of people who, you know, they push away, but it makes them feel wanted. So, you know, when Cindy, uh, you know, is up in <laughs> Lauren's face with her wants and her desires and whatever, you know, Lauren pushes her away. But if she stopped, 
Lauren would feel lonely and upset. So it's kind of that dynamic of, you know, go away, but please don't actually. I just, I like to know you'll be there. Um, so there's this weird codependent harmony in a dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam the Provocateur. And we're from the Spy Hards Movie Podcast. That's right. And you are listening to Pods Like Us, the podcast that has a license to thrill. So how do you come up with the ideas then? And do, do you actually script them out as a script or do you just go in with a rough basic idea of what you're going to uh, to be, you know, the script and the, the, the words that you're going to come out with, the lines and the actual whole idea? Is it there yeah. initially or do you have to work on it bit by bit? So when I started, because like I have – also like no background in performing or writing or whatever. Like I did <clears throat> write less and kind of experiment with it. Um, now I like, I have a melting pot of ideas. So I work very hard on there's the idea, there's the script. And like, sometimes I'll have an idea. I'm like, Oh, this is great. But when I go to write it, I'm like, you know what? This just doesn't have the special thing. Like, why is this funny? What is the nuance? Where is the dialogue? Um, and so now the amount of planning I do is intense because to do all the separate characters. It's not like, um, and also like, because they're in costume and, and there's lighting and setup, you know, I film all one person at a time and then all the other person at a time. So I, I not only have to make sure that the dialogue is really ironed out, but that I know where's my energy, where am I supposed to look? What am I supposed to do? So I have um, scripting and planning. I like highlight, you know, where I'm supposed to look, um, what my energy should be. There's like storyboarding where there's pictures of like where the different film angles are because to do it all um, and also just to like remember. So yes, it's planned, but there's a lot of memory I have to hold on a film day. And so for this example, this project that I'm working on now, um, I did a seven hour film day plus like a three hour when I was working with the like green screen. And then there's a part that I have to redo because I'm bringing uh, Gloria back in and uh, she's the last character I recorded. And it was like, it just didn't feel real enough. So that's my long way of saying that um, it, there's an insane amount of uh planning and it's been a really good discipline for me because I feel like the quality of my work has gone up and also when I'm editing I love matching the clips together where the energy feels right so you know Lauren has a clip then Cindy then Lauren those two bookends of Lauren need to feel together right like so if I do different takes sometimes I try different styles um so both ends have to kind of feel like it's a flow of energy and, and emotion. And then the other is that I have to make sure Cindy's pieces fit well in too. So it's, it's interesting. Like I, I think maybe part of what makes me capable in the work I'm doing is how closely I look at all the nuances. Like I'm, I really, really get into the details. <laughs> that, that must be really tricky then. I mean, you, you do an incredible job of responding because I, I didn't actually know that you were going there. Basically, basically, you're going recording each time blind, essentially, because mm -hmm. so you're performing without someone to perform off each yeah. time. So you'll go and record uh, one character and then without anybody actually reading the lines of the other character to you even. So each time you're responding to thin air sort of yeah 
Yeah, like I, I smartened up and I essentially have like a cardboard outline uh, just so I know where to look because it's easy for your eyes to kind of dart around. Um, but yeah, like that's an extra layer of challenge. And, you know, I never set out to act. Uh, it's been a piece where I feel like I do a good job at it, but it's taking me time to like even feel comfortable with it because it's so funny. I, I feel so self-conscious, like, you know, I hope that when I film, um, that's a day that my partner's not working from home because like, I feel so shy about being heard, like, you know, talking to myself alone in the room to a piece of cardboard. <laughs> um, so it just, <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a lot. And I think that's also why the discipline, the discipline of the planning has really helped because, you know, even then, as I said, like, there's so much I have to hold in my head and remember and keep track of and make sure too. like when the plans are too complex, it can, it can be really easy to miss something. And when I shoot it, you know, essentially I take my bedroom, I move the bed out, I have to move everything out. So I have room. Um, so there's a lot that goes in. So I'm like, Oh, I don't want to have to reshoot. And also because I'm limited in my gear, you know, I need all Lauren's parts and all glory or sorry, and all Cindy's parts to be good. Because like when I edit them together, it needs to feel like it's, it's the same time. And if you have a slight difference in where the light is, or, um, uh, like when I, when I use my camera, like if the ISO or whatever is just a little off, like it might not feel right. So it's kind of like a real one shot at it. So it's a little bit of an adrenaline rush on film days. <laughs> So do you almost, when you're playing one part, do you imagine how you're going to play the other part at that time to be able to react off that? You know, I, I've been trying to figure that out. Like, I think I learn it well enough that there's a comfort level and I kind of know where I'm going. The other piece is, uh, it, it's a little more taxing, but as I'm writing the lines, I've realized that I have to say them out loud because you know, it's really important to me, like, and actually quite a, a lot of people are just starting to realize that it's actually one person playing all the parts. So I, I, it's really important to me that like, it feels like someone's separate. So Lauren uses more antiquated language or Cindy speaks, you know, in a, in a, a cadence where she's kind of trails off and she gets in her own head and it keeps building. So I, I feel like when I write, I really try to not loudly, but I need to say the lines as if they would, because I realize the language changes so much based on how like the, the rhythm in which someone speaks. Um, so there's just a lot of like getting it really right before performing it. And then also too, as I've been in this process and also I can't see myself behind the camera, like sometimes that visual feedback is helpful. Um, so I remember when I did the koi fish, I started to figure out uh, Cindy's energy and remembering that's helped me. Um, and it's also interesting too, cause like figuring out how to get her voice right where it's different from mine, but it also feels more natural. Um, I feel like I'm just getting that rhythm really strong now. Um, yeah. So what equipment do you actually use to do the filming and the editing with? And um, sort of how do, you, how do you actually set up shots then? Yeah, so I play a lot. So sometimes like the storyboarding is really helpful because like figuring out how to do different shots where it feels like the people are together could be really important. So I, I think it's more interesting, way more work to get some different shots so it feels like there's movement. So uh, the episode sanitary protocol, you know, Cindy comes in and throws something at Lauren, you know, having a few different shots made it feel like there was really movement and two people were there and also trying to get a toy up in the air and to 
land on me like someone's throwing it was also its own thing. Um, so I just really like, I draw it out, I, I, I process it to make sure I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, and then the other pieces that um, I have like a my really old phone that I use as a monitor now. I got um, a um, an application. Oh, I forget what it's called. Um, Filmic Pro, and that's actually helped a lot um, yep. because even with like the thing is like yeah, great, I can see it, but I have to get up and down and move things, so it does take a lot of time to get the shot right. And there is only so much information you can get through a small monitor. Um, so I use that. I have, um, I actually, what I'm recording on is my phone. So I've got a pretty decent camera and I've got some good settings. And then I also have a, um, just an average shotgun mic. So it's okay. Like it's not great. I would love to have better, but, um, I mean, all these things cost. Um, and then I've got, uh, a couple, uh, lights that are okay. And I, I changed the bulbs. I had these uh, dimmable bulbs, which were way better for the lighting, but because they were dimmable, they had this little tiny fan that had this high pitch sound that the mic picked up more and it killed all my audio. I played around with it with scrubbers and whatnot. That was a problem. So now I just have the regular lights, which is different challenges, but the audio is a lot better. Um, yeah. And then I'm editing on Final Cut. Uh, I started with just like you know, an old computer and iMovie, um, and then got to a point where I use that. And I also have like a green drop sheet for green screening. And I'm very resourceful with my supplies, though, like, even just, you know, making props and just making things like stretch out and finding ways to be like creative and resourceful to make it feel like I'm recording in different spaces or different environments and stuff. And yeah, there's just so much creativity, like before in the planning, and then also the editing, which is kind of, I think, in some ways, that's like the, the really like, you know, the outside of the cake that is really decorated, um, because you need all the right puzzle pieces. It's like a a thousand piece puzzle to make a project, but I have 5000 pieces. And how am I going to order them and use them in a way that the final product is just like, way more interesting than it would be if it was just simple editing. Yeah, and then sometimes when you've used animation, I mean that 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 must be incredibly uh, consuming of time to do that. And, <laughs> and I mean, how how do you come up with the how do you create the animations that you use as well? Yeah, it is so tedious. And also the other piece is like I am self taught, so I kind of feel like sometimes something will come up where I'm like, oh, I want to do this thing, or you know, sometimes even too, like I'm, I'm throwing um, clips together and, you know, one sitting on top of the other, and it shows me something like not edited, but things look different, or the sound is played with or whatever. And that inspires me. And so I feel like, as each project comes up, and there's this piece like where I'm like, you know what, I want to make this more interesting, um, then I learn a new skill set. Um, and then like taking pieces and altering them too. So Oh, there's just, there's so much there. And I just think like sometimes too, like the animation is like, so one, you can, like, I think knowing what people are thinking adds dimension to the story, but also, especially people who have wild imaginations, being able to animate what they're thinking without explicitly saying it also adds this extra dimension where you're like, whoa, they're jumping to conclusions or whoa, like, you know, they're acting like this, but here's what's going on inside their head. And I just find Although it's so labor intensive, those little bits of animation really like, I feel like make the piece come out to life and kind of, you know, do its own special dance. 
Hey, this is Jack from Bad Counsel. You want some good counsel? Keep listening to my man Marv and Pods Like Us. And so the when you when you're then editing the adding the music and the the sound effects as well, um, where do yeah. you find those from? And uh, yeah, how what what's that like to put those into the film? Yeah, I find that like there's so many skills I'm having to learn, um, and it's gradual. I find like the the adding sounds is quite challenging because like my recall for what sounds like what and what to use where it's like each time I have to go through things that said I also have used um, a ton of the like sound effects that come free with my program but I actually end up like remixing them playing with the speeds um, adding different uh, filters for sound and that's actually kind of given me like oh that's what I want it to feel like because I try to use sound to kind of like add dimension to the feelings. And I think it makes something like, you know, the raw footage feels more hollow, but I add some sounds to it and it kind of like, it just, your emotions, I think can kind of attach to the moment at the the right time, you know, like Lauren before was really stressed and then would hear like a slightly high pitched sound, um, which is also like, I love the psychology of like, yep, that's what happens when you're stressed. Um, So there's just like, yeah, different, different layers like that. Yeah, I've I've noticed that when watching the videos. Um, I mean, and actually, before I forget this, the one where you mentioned where 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 you got hit by something in the video, I thought that's why I actually thought you were working with somebody else behind the camera because that yeah. was so well edited that it just it it felt like there was somebody else there off camera doing that. Yeah, it's I have to do it over and over again, like playing with the the speed and how it zooms in and whatnot. The one time um, I I'm my partner when I am filming, it's like okay, you have to go upstairs, close the door, put headphones on. That way, I feel separate, so I can really connect with my craft. Um, but he did throw a pillow at me once, um, and the other thing he did was early on, uh, I made a silly video but fun. Uh, I dream of chips and he uh, uh, poured chip crumbs all over my face. (laughs) But that was early on. Now I figured out, you know what? I can do this on my own. (laughs) Sound like such a goof. (laughs) Not not at all. (laughs) So so, so do you you sort of see a path to, to where you're going to go from here that's sort of like, almost like, you, you get into another level or or you're just letting it letting it grow the way that it naturally does yeah like I feel like I've been really focused on like connecting with what I'm doing I feel good about the arc in my skill level like I feel like it just keeps going up um and that feels really good like I feel like this last video I'm working on I'm like there's something about the rhythm of the dialogue and it's you know some things like you'll be telling something in a story and I write it like I don't know, 10 times over, but it just feels differently. It rolls differently. It's pictured differently. And I think that's been really rewarding. And also I've had like, you know, some people give the advice of like, oh, you need to produce more quickly. But I also kind of, I'm like, well, you know, why am I doing this? What do I want to get out of it? And the other is that like, I feel like my craft is all about details. Like one thing I've heard from other people is like, they can watch it a bunch of times and realize like, there's a lot of details, like even just like, in the scene or um, like layers that they didn't realize were there. And for me, that's what I really kind of thrive off of. Like I love the multi-dimensional piece. Um, and so I'm just really like trying to figure out like 
also too, like, you know, really honing my skills has been really rewarding. And I just figure for me, it's going to be a gradual process, like, you know, build, build slowly, you know, hopefully get more views and whatnot. Um, And then also too, when people, you know, do start to connect with my work and enjoy it regularly, you know, I have this whole portfolio of work too. So that's been really cool. Hey, it's Gil from The Mind Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us. That's, that's, that is cool. So um, are there any actual other um, people that make these films that go online uh, that you are actually a fan of yourself oh so this is where my recall is terrible but i know um very different style but i think uh kara morgan's work is hilarious like she's very good at uh multi-character acting um let me try to think of anyone else hmm i'm gonna have to write notes on that next time um yeah, I feel like my stuff like is being compared to different people. Um, and like, there's things I find like interesting, like only after I was doing my work, I was introduced to, um, oh, this is where I'm going to be bad at this again. Uh, Miranda Sings, like she's very different, but it's also that really intriguing idea of someone who like plays such a different character. Um, I remember when I was younger, um, Liam Sullivan made this shoes video <laughs> and there yeah. was just something so yeah. bizarre, but like, fun about it that I just and it was such an earworm but in a good way like I just I remember seeing that and being like wow how does someone do that um and now it's like oh yeah I get it and it's really crafty and it's also really cool and there's so many complex layers and yeah there's just a lot of pieces absolutely I I remember that piece that was that was fantastic that's a long time (laughs) ago that Crikey. I know. Oh, but it like it left an imprint what, what on me. <laughs> wow, it, it does. I mean, you you reminded me of it when when you you said it. I was saying inside inside my head. I said, "Oh yeah," I was <laughs> remembering yeah. it from from back when it came out. Yeah. What, what advice would you give to people if they wanted to, you know, make their own short films? Yeah, I think that like so for me, I look at like you know, why are you doing it? What are you hoping to get out of it? So, you know, I might not do brilliantly well in the algorithm because uh, I focus more on the work than I do about the the rate of posting. But like for some people, like they might enjoy a back and forth where they're, you know, they just wear a different hat and they want to, you know, um, be both sides and they can produce stuff quickly. Um, so I guess like, a lot of my advice would be like, you know, be attuned to what's important to you. What do you like about the process? Why are you doing it? What are you hoping to like progress in? So I feel like the attunement is such a powerful piece because like, you know, I'm speaking like, oh, I'm doing this great work, but you know, it's easy to feel down. It's easy to feel depleted. It's easy to like, you know, it's exhausting. Um, I love it, but it is exhausting and it is vulnerable to put yourself out there. So I feel like, you know, figuring out the pieces of what's important is really good. And also too, to like really savor those moments. Like when someone comments and says something nice about my work, I love it. When they're specific about something that like drew them in, like they're, you know, they relate to a character, whatever, that like is so rewarding too. And I think, I think like it's about figuring out 
what can you do to stay in it for the long run if that's your goal um, so that you don't burn out on it. So that's kind of just like where my mind goes and just to kind of like connect and also the the importance of um, supporting other artists too. Like it's something I try to put time into because like we are a community and, you know, that networking is really important also just to like kind of celebrate each other as, you know, artists or creatives or whatnot. Well, you're, you're putting over a product that is, incredibly well thought out and puts over a message each time so it's not something that you can it's not something that you can rush really I'd, i wouldn't have thought you know where no. um in 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 the corporate world if you add something like um in on television you'd have a, you'd have a series of people or a group of people actually creating this which makes it easier but you're, you're just yourself creating this so obviously you've got to take time to do that and essentially you take as much time as that actual piece of work needs until it's honed and there essentially yeah and I feel like as I've gone on my bar has gotten higher for what I'm like okay I don't want to put it out until it's right like I have a script on the back burner that's not like I need to go over it, but I was like, it just didn't hit home the way I wanted it to. And so I feel like, you know, really spending the time to make sure that what I'm doing, I feel good about as long as I'm not also like, you know, picking on myself, because, you know, we can be our own worst judge. Um, But yeah, like just spending all that time. And the other piece too, is you're absolutely right about like, you know, TV, like they have tons of writers, like not just to write more, but to you know, throw ideas off of each other to practice how you say it. They have multiple people with camera and lights and sound and editing and, and also even directing. Like, that's a really valuable piece. I realized, like, I have to direct myself guessing how it comes across. And I know in my earlier clips, you know, sometimes when I thought I really got it right, um, it was overacted and I didn't like it. And sometimes when I thought, you know, it was wrong, you know, there was something special about it where I'm like, oh, like, you know, the way Cindy's eyes are looking around, like feels like she's really thinking about it. So yeah, like, I feel like I've just, I really am trying to remind myself, like, this isn't the quick, um, this isn't a quick thing where I'm just going to grow and expand quickly as far as my viewership. It's something that like, I'm going to really focus on and work on, what I'm doing. And also the other piece too, is like doing all the parts gives me control. Sure. But it also means that like I can connect with each point, which means I actually can add extra dimension. So when I'm thinking about, you know, the props or when I'm thinking about the writing and the acting or the editing, the fact that I do all of the layers means I can add extra um, creativity and planning that I wouldn't otherwise be able to if I was working as a with a team right so right now this is working well for me even though it's like a ton of work (laughs) so was there a moment specifically where you were actually uh while you've made it where something has changed about the way that you make it or the way that you create it yeah like I think that when I got to the point where I was you know, honestly, it's creative, but doing the discipline of putting in so much back end work, it, it really meant that like, I was, it felt like something different. It felt like something that I was like, you know, 
really chiseling every piece that gave me when I put it together later a different product. That said, also, like, honestly, it made a huge difference when I got an an app where I could actually have a monitor and I could make sure I was all (laughs) in the the shot. Um, And there's just like these different pieces where like, or I said about that moment with Cindy, where I'm like, oh, that's her energy. That's where she's coming from. Um, So there's like these different kind of like, points where I'm like, oh, like this, I have, you know, reached a mark where I see things differently, or I can interact with them differently. And also too, like, um, there's been people where I've had conversations about my work. And it's really helped me, like, I'll, I'll know, okay, there's this thing about Lorne. But as I talk it through, and with the things they like about um, that character, but also like, as I talk about it more, I can figure out more of the backstory and dimension. And that just gives me so many different options. And so this last video, I'm going to have to, I'm I'm placing it all together and then I'm going to re-record Gloria's character. But I also realized, you know, she's newly in it again. I have to really practice um, how she speaks and her facial movements. Cause like the things I've learned with Cindy and Lauren can kind of overlap into a new character while it's not as practiced. And then also too, like, yeah, uh, Gloria you know, she's fine. Her, her, it's going to be a good piece. She's a smaller part, but she doesn't have the level of um, dimension that Lorne and Cindy have. And like, it is a process. So there's these, like, you know, I feel like I climbed certain mountains, there's way more to go, but there's different levels of achievement where I'm like, okay, like this is different now. And, um, you know, even though I have the skills, you know, it's going to take me time to build Gloria. And I've, I've seen it in other shows where like the writing with the right writing team, that the show really gets a rhythm over time where it's like, those were all great writers, but as they really knew the characters and got their rhythm, like something really special happened in that series. And I, I, I see it differently now that I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, um, sitcoms where, the, the other the other it works the other way as well where you can tell that the writing team and the team behind it have changed because it's not <laughs> quite got the same magic as it did in earlier seasons i'm trying to think of series like that now. Uh, i think that like parks and recreation did that um there was some funnier stuff in the beginning and it just i don't know if their writing changed over but i almost felt like they'd been doing it for so long that it i feel like people got tired in a way like maybe like they weren't connecting as much with each story. So although, you know, this, the show was successful, um, it was kind of petering out in a different way. And, and maybe some of the audience kept watching because they enjoyed it. They connected with the characters. Right. And I think that like, it's an idea where like, I find even a good show takes time to kind of grow on me. Like it takes time where I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. My attention span is, is, you know, getting longer because I'm enjoying it. And then as I get to know the characters, I enjoy it way more readily. Um, And I think a lot of shows can be like that too. I think that I actually, I mean, we're going off on a tangent here, but I think (laughs) that's what works well for online streaming networks and platforms is because they allow these creative people to the time to be able to actually build these shows up. Whereas I think corporate uh, television studios, uh, they'll, they'll just do the one pilot and they'll just go, what well, you've done the one pilot doesn't work. You're out of it. And 
Whereas these streaming networks like the Netflix and the Amazon Primes will give will give creators more scope and longer to be able to work up to the potential. Yeah, and I also feel like there's um a willingness for a different type of audience, right? Like I feel like the like, you know, the old style cable TV was like you know, a pilot might have even been good, but it didn't feel like it was broad enough, right? Like, you know, it didn't feel like it was for everyone. Um, and I think now with, you know, more online series is that like, you can find a large audience, but it might not be quote unquote mainstream, but it's still like, a lot of people are enjoying it. And I think that that's a really cool piece um, and opportunity is that, you know, people like me can just like focus on what I'm doing. Like I like, I mean, it's, it feels like this huge thing where I don't know what I'm doing sometimes um, because there's so many options, but the other pieces that I'm just like doing what I'm doing. And when I put it out there and people enjoy it, I'm like, one, I'm sweating and I'm relieved. Um, But the other is that like, you know, at least I know I'm not emulating or building something, hoping someone's going to like it. Like, yes, I, I figure out, you know, what, I think is funny or what I connect with or what the feedback is, but I'm still just doing my own thing because it's not like a network um, needs to approve of me so that, you know, families ages 12 to, you know, 47 um, will all enjoy it equally, you know, because that's also a little bit too um, simple a style of comedy for me. This is Dave of Live Life Loud, the Decibolic Podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us with Marv. Marv. Yeah, I was I was going to actually work my way back to to your own uh, to your own work actually, and say that it essentially, I think, and I've said this before about podcasting, it works the same for for what you do as well to a degree. Where I say that a good thing about about these the you know online entertainment is that it's it caters for people that sometimes are not catered for by the mainstream in a way where the, the a large corporate will always look at the larger numbers whereas they're sort of like missing these people to a certain degree that want something different and i think your your show and other online online creators are providing those niche uh, areas that are not being catered for, and they're getting a good, steady audience with that as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, it's funny too when you were was you were talking, I was like thinking about some of the feedback I've had. Like, I feel like there's an there's a serious oddity meaning there's a seriousness in my stuff, which it doesn't come across as serious per se, but because like what you were saying earlier, where there's like, there is a message there, which is interesting because it's also really wild and playful and odd. Um, So there's this piece where it's like, yeah, like, you know, people who enjoy that, you know, odd, deadpan, sarcasm, clever writing, you know, will enjoy it. And then there's also other people who enjoy it and it makes them feel a little less weird and that makes them feel comfortable too because it's it's so funny the different types of feedback I get I love it I will never tire of um people sending messages and comments about my work it just like fuels me so much but it's so fun to hear the different perspectives on you know it made me feel relatable but I feel more normal or this other person was like oh my goodness like I love 
just like how free of a person, you know, Lauren and Cindy are. And they're not afraid of the, of the fact that other people are going to see them do these things. I mean, although they're being filmed essentially in privacy. Um. <laughs> yeah. But it, it works um, because um, I think I think comedy, using comedy to get a message across works better in a way than 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 drama in a sense because sometimes you know drama can be a bit um over dramatic and almost like it's hitting people over the head with it with a message in in a sense whereas comedy it gets the message across where you'll la- people will laugh at it mm-hmm. but then it won't make them down when they're thinking about the the message it'll make them they'll still be happy because they'll remember all the funny elements of it but they'll think about the subject that you're that you're putting across in a in a more in a less serious way in a sense it's more of a an easier way to to look at things in a way and makes it easier for people to look at these subjects yeah. And it's also interesting, like when you were also talking earlier about like the, I forget, like the marker of like when it was coming together, like I also feel like I would write and I didn't realize how much there was a message in there. And now that it, as I'm doing the writing and I understand my process a little differently, like I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, here are some undercurrents. And I, I like how you put that, like it doesn't whack you over the head. Like, I mean, some of what I do, especially when like Lauren is going into an overwhelmed zone, you know, it is uncomfortable, but it's also so comical in a way too. Um, and so it, it, it is more nuanced in that way where, you know, there's the thing that makes you laugh and there's the thing that makes you uncomfortable. And there's the thing that kind of like you think about later, like it's also being kind of fun too, where I get people sending me like quotes of things that were said in my videos where it's just like, oh yeah, like it, it gets stuck in our heads. And like, that is so fun because like some of my favorite comedy I hadn't even seen, but my friends kept using the lines and it's just so fun to like do back and forth. And then you go and see it and you're like, well, this doesn't feel as the same as this fun moment between me and my pals. But at the same time, it's also like so influential in that way where it's just like, just that fun banter and groove. And just to also touch back, like when you talk about inspiration, like banter, I love banter. <laughs> the the chatting back and forth, the silly sarcasm, the clever undertones, like, and that's definitely in my work. That is a very um, strange thing to happen, but also incredibly nice at the same time because I remember back in the days when I used to be in bands and I used to write songs for bands uh it's strange because we do we do gigs you know we play at uh, at bars and things and then and then the weird one is when you look out into the audience and then you see somebody singing along to a song that I wrote and I'm just thinking he's singing a song that I wrote, which must be the, which is, you know, not to the same degree, but it must be the same thing when people quote lines to you from your, from your films. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's interesting too, because like, I have a, I have a pretty good head on my shoulders, but at the same time, like when I put stuff out there, I'm just like, is this going to resonate? Like, are people just going to think I'm an oddball, you know? And then when people like, you know, are quoting it or connecting with it or like, it makes them think about like, you know, people they know, like some of the comments I'll get be like, yeah, like Cindy reminds me of this person or Lauren reminds me of this person or Cindy reminds me of me, but I don't feel like I can act that out. Um, 
it's so it's so like rewarding because it's like oh yeah like it's 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 in this exaggerated version of people in a sense although it's it's almost like a more honest version of the neuroses of people um but it's also like wow it's resonating like it, it it's giving them something and that's so like oh it's so rewarding especially when you know i put a lot of work in and there because there's not a lot of visibility yet like it is a very like lonely process where i'm just like is this hitting home and then someone will send me something and i'll take a screenshot and then stare at it later to savor the moment because i'm like rachel you can do this stick with it (laughs) my internal coach (laughs) absolutely so how can people find your films and get in touch with you then rachel yeah, so um, I am on Instagram and TikTok with the same handle at Lauren Dacat, L-A-U-R-N-D-A-K-A-T. Um, my request is if you're comfortable, please turn on the notification. I don't post a lot, so it's really easy for me to get buried. Um, I'm also on YouTube as Lauren Dacat. YouTube is a great place because it's um, the only place where the full episodes will be shown. Um, and you can message me on any of those social media platforms. There is an email, too, that I think is um, on YouTube. You can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and sorry, I'm not comfortable normally with promoting myself, but if you uh, like my stuff, please comment and like. That fuels me. But also, um, if you hit the little side button where you save it, um, apparently the algorithm will be uh, slightly more nice to me, and that would be awesome to get that growth. Okay. Thank you, Rachel. Stay (laughs) online because uh, I need to press stop and then it will uh, will upload to me while we're still online from your computer. Excellent. So uh, anyway, thank you very much for speaking with me today. That was so much fun. Yeah, I really, I really like, and not just as like a surface thing. I really appreciated your interview and the way we could dialogue about it. It was just really rewarding for me. So thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for giving me fun videos to watch when I've got a break at work. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Oh, I need that. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Anyway, you can find Pods Like Us at Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Just look for Pods Like Us. And you can get in touch with us also on podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. I loved the show that you did with Gil, by the way. That was great. Oh, yeah. That was actually my very first interview. I was so glad he he asked me. It was really nice. Yep. So my my thinking is that um, I know that my show is called Pods Like Us, but yes, um, I was saying to somebody recently, I said, in a sense, I'm now beginning to look at it as that being an all-encompassing phrase, essentially, because I said that online entertainment is a thing on it of its own, you know, streaming like, you know, 
the the YouTube and that it's it's completely different to normal television and radio. It's something all so I'm sort of looking at it as an all encompassing thing now to to look at all online media. Yeah, that's cool. And it's also kind of like that that network of creative community, right? And also as podcasts are sometimes doing like layers with, you know, YouTube and stuff, it's kind of there's a lot of, you know, interwoven um medias happening at the same time. There absolutely is. Anyway, we'll get we'll get started now anyway. Great. Okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. That was great. <laughs> Thank I you. Think. Yeah, I really it's enjoyed good. it. <laughs>